Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries. And it's good to be with you with uh, how the weather has been the last few weeks. It has been absolutely crazy, has it not? But anyway, just thank you so much for being a part of Vital Ministries. Also, too, if you are traveling down the highway today, please be safe. The roads or uh, conditions are much better than they have been without the, uh, the last couple of weeks. But just be safe out there as you're traveling. And uh, you see those snow plows and those other guys. Haven't they done a wonderful job uh, with the people that are, have been moving snow from those on the highway to the county to the city? Uh, those pushers that are in pickups, man, those, those men and women have done a wonderful job. And we just want to give them a big shout this morning, telling them thank you for all that you've done. Also, to braving the weather. Uh, the, I can only imagine all the hours that have been spent on the highways and the byways of moving snow. And thank you so much for all that you've done. Also, too, those are, uh, again, those uh, uh, people that are in law enforcement, uh, those that are in fire, uh, ambulance, you know, you guys go out and do a wonderful job. And you just want to give you a big thank you this morning for doing all that you do. But if you're traveling down the highway, be safe again be, as, as you travel. Also, too, those of you who are heading on your way to church, just make sure that you're traveling safely and watching out for all the different things that go along on the way. And also, too, as you travel to your church, may it be a time of worship this morning. It could be a little bit cold this morning as you travel out. You know, last week, a lot of churches were closed. And we'll, here at the, in New Sharon, the Lighthouse Church, we were as well. It was just bitter cold. And we did this in order to protect our people. We just wanted to make sure that people were safe. We didn't want to take have people take risks. And a lot of times, uh, you know, when churches close, it's just due to that. They're watching out for their people. So uh, I would encourage you this morning, if, you're, if your church did close, and just tell your pastor, thank you for looking out for me today. I think that would be really, really appreciative, and uh, they would be grateful for that. And also, too, those of you at home, this is your time of listening. Thanks for being with us on Vital Ministries this morning. But let's be, as we get started this morning, let's uh, look at a few things. You know, this we're, we're starting a new teaching series. In the past two weeks, um, we've had, again, sub-zero temperatures, almost 30 inches of snow. And next week, they're saying rain. Hold on to your bootstraps with Iowa weather as anything could happen. But one thing we realize as Iowans, even in the frigid cold, snow drifts, a week of moving snow, we still had the Republican caucus on Monday night, and Iowa's voice was heard in the nation. We know who we are, uh, noting, uh, noting that we want change, and also to the people... Um, we look for the change in, in, in such a ways of not making it so the, the politicians are patting their pockets along the way. I'm hopeful after the experience of Monday night that this is the beginning of a shift of a new change. But let's move on from there. Just a few reminders. We are no longer holding vital men meetings in Oskaloosa on Tuesday nights as we've shifted our focus to New Sharon at the Lighthouse Church on Wednesday night from 6.30 to 8.00. So if you're in the area between Oskaloosa and New Sharon, join us on Wednesday night at the Lighthouse Church. We'd love to have you. Also, too, a few other things. Our next Warrior Breakfast will be held February 3rd at the Lighthouse Church from 8 to 9 o'clock. And again, that's February 3rd. That's coming up soon, and you don't want to miss that. Uh, that time as men as we come together. Also, too, we also send out devotional six days a week for both vital life and vital men. You don't want to miss that. Get that extra, that extra um, encouraging word to you is such a vital in the midst of our times today. So this, hopefully, that's a word of encouragement in the midst of your day. But we're we're going to do a two week teaching series on how 
to do the gospel. We're going to do a part one this week, which we're called sharing the gospel requires touches. And what I mean by this is touching a person's heart. It's kind of like touching a moments for a person to, to do a buy-in in a way. I want to begin this morning with um, using as an example Harley-Davidson motorcycles. And bear with me, you might be saying, Mike, what does that have to do with touches, with the gospel message? And I just want you to see something, what uh, Harley-Davidson has done in my experience. And we're going to move into uh, Matthew chapter 9 this morning. But as an example, Harley figured out what the, what the research team would take for you to buy a motorcycle would be what they would call 27 touches that you might need to do in order to buy your motorcycle. And what we mean by touches could be anything from a magazine ad to a billboard ad, seeing your buddy on a, on a Harley going to the dealership, uh, researching the bike on the internet. All these touches are generally done before you buy that Harley Davidson motorcycle of your dream. It will require you 27 at least touches before you're going to buy in. You know, my first motorcycle was a 1200 Sportster. It was a, it was an entry level bike and I, and I paid cash to own it. Dana and I got, Dana got on the back of the bike and off we went. It was our first experience and I was now part of the Harley Davidson Hogs. Uh, uh, I belonged, uh, got quarterly magazines, motorcycle patches, wore the Harley Davidson gear. See, Harley did a great job, and you feel like you might belong to a community where you expected, as you are no matter what walk of life that you come from, everyone was on the same playing field with each other. You felt that you were known and that you belonged to something. See, I think everyone wants that in their life, to be known that they, that they belong. When you, when you read the four Gospels of the New Testament Bible, Jesus is always making touches, calling people out by name, and letting them know they belong to him. We need to look at how Jesus drew people to him through touches, and eventually those touches changed their lives. My greatest commitment to Christ was because, of a, a, as a teenager, I had a youth pastor by the name of Dan Kellogg. He took me hunting. We were together getting ready. We, he ran with me for football. He was, he was good. He, he taught me how to, how to date and to be true to myself with the woman I, was, I would eventually marry. He would tell me that Jesus knew me by name and I belonged to him. Through all those touches in his and I's relationship, it drew me closer to Jesus because he spent time with me. He, he, he did things with me. See, today I want us to, to look at Matthew chapter 9, 9 through 13, and look at touches that Jesus did with Levi, or eventually Matthew, the tax collector, which is also found his name being Levi, which is in, in Luke chapter 5, 27 through 31. See, back in the day during the time of Christ, tax collectors were were hated. They were they worked for the Roman government and they were Jesus, uh, they were they were the Jews collecting money from Rome to, so Rome might get richer and, uh, and the nation would grow stronger along the way, all because Israel was no longer a nation and they were still Jewish people. See, tax collectors were known for cheating, making, making uh, uh, more money, making you pay more money as you needed to, and man, people hated them and looked down on them, even though they were from their own people, Jews collecting taxes from Jews to give to the Roman Empire. See, in the TV series called The Chosen, in series three, Matthew gives us a moment, a touch, in which he was doing his job as a tax collector. You know, it's probably 
True, that his parents would have possibly would have abandoned him for his profession. So Levi spent his time with other tax collectors and so-called sinners in his circle of friends. See, I can't help but ask the question, why did Levi lose heart in his Jewish faith? Now, I think we get glimpses of that. The answer lies in the Bible. From the last book from, from the Old Testament, which is Malachi, to, the, to Jesus was born, the priest Zechariah has, the, has an angel Gabriel speak to him, and it's about the first time in over 400 years that they hear from God. God is silent to his chosen people of Israel. In my mind, the people lost heart. And I think about that. Oftentimes we ask the question, where are you, God? And why can't we hear your voice? See, I think Levi could, could and he felt that this way in, because, of the, because he worked for the Romans. And, you know, he, in my mind, in the, in the Chosen, it says, where is God? We haven't heard from him. He's abandoned our people. We are now under Roman rule, and we are no longer a nation, but a nation that, again, that is conquered. But what's interesting in that is in the series, we see a touch that's happening, something before Jesus ever gets there. And there's a story of an old man. And if you get to the chosen, I, I, I don't want to break that series, but I, I think it's important for us to kind of get a glimpse of what might have been. You know, oftentimes we have to read in the Bible in between the verses to get glimpses of what might have been. Because there were so many details, so many things that the writers could not absolutely write everything that Jesus did. Matter of fact, John says it was, it was, there would not be enough paper to write down that everything that Jesus had done. But as an example, you know, it says in, in the chosen that, that Matthew, the tax collector was doing his job that day and an old man came up and the old man, in order for his, his, his children, his kids not to be taxed, he gave them all of the land that he owned. And so the only way he could pay his taxes was to become a slave and work for Rome. So he goes and he explains all this to Levi, and Levi just doesn't understand why would you do such a thing. See, this man loved his family. He did not want them to be taxed. He did not want them to have to go and be a slave and work off their money for taxes in order to pay back Rome. So he gives all the land back to his kids, and he becomes the one that was would be going. And 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 then the chosen it shows Levi standing there in the tax, and also to a Roman soldier watching out for Levi as people would come. And Levi asked a lot of questions of why the man did this, and the man says it's just it's just things, it's just money. But the, Levi kept reminding him, "Well, you're old, you didn't have to do this." And well, anyway, toward the end of the other conversation. See, Jewish people, Jewish men would wear tassels on their, on their uh, garment that would dangle down. That comes from the Old Testament where the tassels, so it'd be shown. And even today when you go over to Israel, you'll see Jewish people have tassels sticking out from underneath their coat or their clothing to show that they're Jewish men. And the man gave Levi his tassels. And he said, I am here to give you the most expensive, the most precious gift that I own, I want to give to you, Levi. And he handles, hands Levi over his tassels. And he says, tells Levi, he says, Levi, 
I want you to know that these tassels are a reminder to me because they came back from the time when our when our people were in bondage, when they were enslaved by Egypt, by the Egyptians. And my father passed them down to, from his father and on and on. That's why I have them now. And I find it interesting that the man did not give it to his son, but he gave it to Levi. He wanted Levi to remember, not to lose heart in his Jewish faith. So he gives them to Levi, and Levi just can't hardly take it. He says, I can't take these. He says, yes, you can. I want you to take them. And then he looks over to the Jewish, the Roman, excuse me, the Roman soldier. He says, here, now you can take me, and I'll be your slave, and I'll do what Rome asked to pay off the taxes. The Roman soldier in the movie tells him, go on, keep moving. Don't worry about it. But see, that touch opened the heart of Matthew, Levi. In order for when Jesus came and when Jesus met with him, I believe that was the beginning of the first touch that changed Levi's life. So let's go to Matthew chapter 9 this morning. And we want to talk, let's talk about the story a little bit more deep detail in which Jesus calls Matthew. And my point number one is this, the notice. Now let's look at chapter 9, verse 9. And this is what it says in the Bible. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Jesus says, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. See, in touches, you got to notice people. You got to notice people where they are. Notice people for the places in which they work. Notice them when they're at the coffee shop. Notice them where they're at their grocery store. Notice them at places of work or wherever you are. So I think in the places of when we have those touches and we notice people, it's a beginning place of opening the heart to possibly come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior and also too, to have a relation with Him is simply by taking a notice. See, again, people, people want to be known and people want to belong. And when you notice them and you call out their name, you can just tell with people, man, he remembered my name or she remembered my name, that it's really, really important. And I think that's really, as, as we go through life, is taking times of noticing people of exactly where they are. You know, I live in a small community of New Sharon. And a lot of times the people, the main meeting place in New Sharon is the local Casey's. And uh, it's a place where, you know, a lot of different people work and, and, and different things and, and whatnot. And I try to do my best if they have their name tag out front to call them out by name. To, to, to take notice, thank, thank them for serving you, thank them for doing what they do. And I think that, that creates an opening because those are all touches. And I think too often is, as we want to do the gospel message, in order to present the gospel to somebody, present them to Jesus, present Jesus Christ to them, it, you got to take notice for them. Notice that people are around them. Notice, the, notice that, they, that they are important. And I think that's just key in, in, in our everyday, ordinary lives. Do you notice the very people that are around you? And I think that's key for us even today to take notice. But see, my point number two is this, is the invite. I want to show you this in verse 10. And this is what it happens in the Bible. It says, later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. See, the invite Matthew invites Jesus to his home. Who were there? 
other tax collectors and other, it says, dis, disreputable sinners. You know, a lot of times as Christian people, we want to segregate ourselves from the world because it says in the Bible, don't be a part of the world, which is true. But if you don't go into the world and be amongst people who don't know Jesus, how in the world are they ever going to come to know Jesus? And I think that's important for us to realize. A lot of times, I, lo- I love, uh, I also live to another uh, local community um, to the east of where I live in Barnes City, Iowa. And there's a, there's a restaurant over there called the Longhorn Saloon. Man, I love going in there. It's a, it's a place where, man, it's, it's all over the place, walks of life of people. And for the most part, most of those people that are there are what I call pig kickers. Uh, they are, they're farmers. They're people who, who do their everyday ordinary life. You go over there during lunchtime, man, you're going to find about 20 pig kickers over there having lunch and usually one, one a waitress working her tail off and one guy in the back cooking, trying to make things happen so these men can have an opportunity to eat. Now, one thing that's important when you go over there to the Longhorn, you better make sure that you account for it. It's probably going to take you an hour before you get out of there with your lunch. It's not speedy. It's not McDonald's. But the key is, is, is the invite. See, a lot of times when I'm in there, I get opportunities with different people and I, I invite them. I invite them to church. I invite them to our men's group meetings. I invite them to our, our different things that goes on. And, 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 and you have to rub shoulders with people who, who are not necessarily know who Jesus is in all walks of life and who they are. And that's what I've always loved in construction because I've always been amongst men. And especially what I would say, men who work with their hands, men sometimes would be considered hard. And it's sometimes on the back of a cement truck or sometimes in the back of a lumber truck that gets delivered to your job site or or, or a back of a pickup where you can have a conversation that you could never have in church. I rarely throw down my pastor card that I'm a pastor at Lighthouse Church in New Sharon. Rarely do I throw that down. Only time I, I place that a lot of times if I'm going in, into prison or I'm going into a jail system or I'm going into the hospital or something like that. That's the only time. Other than that, I don't want to be known as that because what happens is a lot of times people will put up walls and you cannot enter in. See, my biggest evangelism, my biggest scope of place of doing ministry is out amongst people. Not sitting behind a desk. See, the old cliche is a lot of times in most churches in order for the pastor, and, I, and I've heard of other pastors would say as, as people that elders would sometimes uh, drive by the church at 8 o'clock in the morning to see if your car was parked out front to see if you were sitting in your office. Well, I tell you what, that's not how it is for me. You won't see my truck parked outside at 8 o'clock in the morning um, outside the church because I'm out amongst the people. And that's how Jesus was. Jesus wasn't hanging out in the synagogues. He wasn't hanging out. He was hanging out with notorious sinners and those that people that, need to, that needed help. And we're going to see that here pretty quick. But I think that's important. The invite. The invite is part of the touch. Inviting people to an event. To something possibly in your church. You know, a lot of times we wait for the invite to always be for Christmas or for, for Easter. But I think the invite should be just as important all year long. 
Sometimes the invite might simply be simply to ask them to come to your house for a meal. Maybe the invite might be say, hey, can we want to go out for supper with me and my, and my family? That is an invite because you do conversation together. You get rid of walls. You, you get to be real with other people. And that's what was going on with Jesus as he, as he was at Matthew's house. It was real. It was honest. It was, it was so cool. I would love to have been there and seen how it might have been. And I think the invite is another portion of the touch, which brings me to point number three, the defense. Now let's look at that in verses 11 through 12. It says this, But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. See, another thing you notice right away here is this. The Pharisees, the religious people, See, they look down out on sinners. They won't ever enter into a tavern. They won't ever enter into a Longhorn saloon. They won't enter into a place that might serve alcohol because all of a sudden they're too religious. They're too pious. They're too, they're too good in order to step into places like that. And I think, folks, this. I'm not endorsing those places at all, but what I am saying is I am thankful I wouldn't be sitting here, and you guys, oftentimes you've heard the story, but a pastor went after my dad sitting in a tavern, and my whole family changed because he wouldn't leave until my dad walked out with him. See, it takes men who are not afraid to go into places, people, pastors who are willing to take defense, people who, who are of faith take defense for the people who don't know Jesus. Hey, don't talk about my friend that way. He's my friend. Don't talk about this person in this way or gossiping. They're my friend. We come to their defense because, again, what Jesus said, healthy people don't need a doctor. The sick people do. And that's important for us today. That's another part of the touch is coming to the defense of people in order for them to come to know Jesus Christ. So how often do we come to their defense? How often do we help them to see that they are important? We know them by name. That they belong. Which brings me to point number three, the love. And let's look at verses 13 and the remainder part of this this morning. It says this, then Jesus said, he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not after offer sacrifice, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. See, only love, how often the, uh, uh, of the touch can people feel the love from us to them? See, we live in such a world today that people are so drawn to love because they don't. people are not known and people want to be part of something. I believe that for all that's within me, especially in 2024. It's been that way all the way down through the ages. But if we truly, as a Christian community, as believers in Jesus Christ, if you truly want to present the gospel message, we have got to be in a place of which we do touches our everything and an impact of our everyday ordinary lives which come to mind to us every day. We have to be diligent in thinking about the touch. Showing mercy and not offering sacrifice. See, so often on Sunday, we can be the best Christians, right? We go, we, we, we pass the plate. We put money in the plate. We sing in the choir. We sing on the praise team. We teach a Sunday school class. We do all those things and we think, man, I got my star today. But then we go out on Monday and we don't notice 
sinners. We don't notice people who don't know Jesus Christ. And we go out and we act religious and we're all pious and we stand away and look at them and say, man, I'm glad I'm not as bad as them. See, if we really want to make an impact in our community today, folks, it's going to take touches by you. Not just from the pastor, not just from the people, not from the people just doing church or doing church work, but everyone. It's going to take touches. It's going to take extreme love in order to make those changes. And I think that is such the key today is showing that. My son reminded me when I was down to Florida and what I was so engrossed about, what I was so, uh, I couldn't get over how many different nationalities. Of course, he lives in Florida. He lives down by Fort Lauderdale and the and, and different people from different nations live there. He has people from Haiti. He has people from from um, uh, Central America, Mexico, um, people from Europe, uh, uh, Jewish people, all over the board of who comes to his church. And what I noticed was the key element of his church was the love that they showed towards each other. It wasn't about skin color. It wasn't about political position. It wasn't about their agenda. It was all about, they were in one accord in the gospel message. They came, they praised Jesus, they had a good word, they went out, they visited, they stayed. You want to you tell the health of a church? How long do people stay after your church to hang out and visit? See, it's more than when people come to the church. Anybody can say, well, hi, thanks for coming. But the next step of the touch is this, is how are you doing? I had a guy this past week, I asked him, I said, so how are you doing? He's a guy who brings some hay to me. And he says, Mike, do you really want to know? I said, yes. He said, Mike, it has been the roughest week in a long, long time. I said, hey, what happened? And he goes, first of all, our pump went out. Our pump that feeds the water into our home is not working. It's sub-zero temperatures. I can't get anybody over here even to look at it or fix it. Right now, we're bringing snow inside the house, melting it down, just so we can flush the stool, wash clothes, uh, or excuse me, wash dishes and do the different little things. And he said, on top of it, Mike, the person who came that was supposed to plow the road is on sick leave. So me and a neighbor literally had to go out on our county road and move the snow in order to get out. It has been a week to remember, Mike. And I listened to my friend. And I cared. And I, and I gave him some names of some people that I know that does well work. There's a guy over to Deep, Deep River who does it. I gave him his name and, and whatnot. And I asked him, hey, if you need me to come over to help you run a tractor to move some snow, I'm... I'd come over, I'd come and help you. He said, Mike, thanks for listening. Thanks for taking time to care. See this other guy, he's a, he's a brother in Christ. But the thing is, it was important to show love in the moment. And that's what we're called to do. In order to present the gospel, folks, it's going to take a lot of touches. Are you willing to make the touch? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, again, we want to thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity that we can come to you and that you allow us to do touches in order for people to come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, help us to have it always in our mind, the touches, the places in which we encounter people for the gospel message so they might come to know you as their Lord and Savior. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your name I pray. Amen. Folks, it's all about touches. 
in order to present the gospel message. Next week, we're going to talk about how to present the gospel, how to talk to people so that they might accept Jesus Christ. I'm Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries.